Hi, welcome to 40 Gray, the podcast by two 30-something dudes whose adult lives and responsibilities, of which they have many, have not yet eclipsed their zeal for stupid nerdy shit. From Warhammer to video games to your favorite hemorrhoid cream. I don't know why that came to mind, but okay. Uh, if it's your fandom, we're your tandem. Tom, how you doing? How are those roids doing? Uh, it's been a long week. Yeah, it's been... Do you I have don't... a favorite hemorrhoid cream? I mean... So I, I'm gifted, you know. It's we shouldn't really joke, right? Because we're at the age where like that's going to be a thing pretty soon. But I feel like Preparation H had the best commercials. The Ring of Fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I almost wonder if we should redo that or just go with it. I'm gonna let's go with it. Why not? That's that's the power of improvisational comedy. So it's been a long week. Uh, you got your your second child is on the way. So this is an episode we might actually be stockpiling for future, right? Imminent, yes. Let's bank as many as we can. So so if if you're boy, how do I phrase this question? So there's whenever you're having a kid, there's excitement and then there's a little bit of trepidation. Mm-hmm. What percentage, what's the breakdown between those two? Is it 50, 50, 80, 20? Um not so much trepidation. I'm just worried about how my toddler will do around a new baby. But, you know, we've, we've been through the process before. It's, you know, it's kind of old hat at this point. Um, so it's the, the actual bringing home a new child, less scary, but now that the added element is like, how do we get your, your son? Yeah. Who's, who's, uh, he's, he's three, right? Uh, two years, eight months. Okay. So pretty close. Okay. Yeah. So he's, he's just under three. This is obviously going to be a huge disruption for him. Yeah, I don't know. How do you get a kid to to be super psyched about having a sibling and not seeing it as a as a threat on their turf? Well, we've we've already bought a bunch of toys and stuff uh, for him that will be a gift from the baby to try to, try to bribe him. Uh, so yeah, as long as he has new toys and he can keep himself occupied. That's awesome. Uh, uh, we're just kind of playing it by ear. <laughs> but. I think I think with my brother, I have a younger brother who's obviously been on the show, and mm-hmm. uh, I I was always super psyched about him. But that was in part my parents told me it was my fault the entire time. They're like, "You wanted a baby brother, so you better take care of him. It's your fault." Uh, <laughs> which is probably why I'm a neurotic mess as an adult now. <laughs> like that's uh, something to cause uh, a reason for blame. Like it's your fault having a brother was a negative thing i don't know man that was that was my childhood hey let's change the subject (laughs) (laughs) that got unnecessarily dark with hemorrhoid cream (laughs) the joy of new life and then uh, how not to raise children we we got turns everywhere you know (laughs) so many left turns we're back at the beginning uh, which Welcome is why yeah, that's why we have four subscribers okay so anyway <laughs> but who cares we're still gonna do it god damn it because we love it i love it tom what, what are your feelings about citadel pain uh, so yeah yesterday i asked you uh do you think citadel paint is bad for the hobby i'm curious uh how you, <laughs> what came to your mind uh, when I said that, it's it's a good question. So, the only frame of reference I have is that I remember as a kid. This is going to be a long answer, and I don't know if it'll get to what you're intending, but I can just mm-hmm. tell you what I think. Okay. 
the little pots that had the cool like you know uh branding and the little names yeah just like that well they were even cooler back then they had like the little like work logo like the evil sun's <laughs> logo face yeah yeah they they there was this weird satisfaction i got out of owning them because it felt like oh there's a collection and they're themed it just felt cool as as an adult i realized that they're drastically overpriced <laughs> as compared to things like vallejo or vallejo i'm not sure to pronounce it which are great quality and do the same exact thing I like the contrast paints because as you know, yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's a, a prime example. And some of it's better quality, I would say too. Like the, the being able to have a dropper bottle that you can you can cut with water is great. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's better for airbrushes too, right? Yeah, so Vallejo has a, uh, a line specifically formulated for airbrushes, uh, Game Air. You just pour it right in and it flows pretty nicely. So it flows pretty nicely, just like, just like the gravy at a sweet, sweet, all you can eat buffet, um, which by the way, I cannot, I was so excited because buffet started to come back. We just saw an ad for golden corral and I was like, yes. And then it's like Delta no. variant. It's going away. No, I want to be fat. You were here last weekend. Congratulations. Um, and that's why I have the beard. So I can catch food and eat it later. And also to cover my face. But I would, so, so back to the point, loved the branding as a kid, as an adult, it's expensive. It's not always the best quality. I like contrast a lot because I'm lazy and it enables me to have stuff that looks pretty good. I don't think it's necessarily bad for the hobby, but I do think that it's clearly a part of how Games Workshop is trying to create income because every single thing they do now has a guide for like, how do you Citadel paint to paint this thing? So I'm, I'm neutral. I don't care. I think it's overpriced, but you pay, for the price, you pay for the convenience of having the guides and the ability to say like, hey, I'm, I'm purchasing something that's official if you choose to. So I'm, I'm ignorant about painting though, Tom. Tell me why everything I just said is wrong. No, that's fine. Um, so you're not terribly crazy about painting, right? If it's a model I really, really love, then I, I do. It's like those Legion of the Damned that I painted. I absolutely yeah. loved painting them. I just really enjoy it. Or, or Thousand Suns or like some of the monsters I have. But like if it's like, oh, okay, I gotta go paint like 30 goblins for a Warcry team, then nah, I'm like, oh, let me just get through this as fast as possible. Uh, is there anything that's like physically stopping you from like painting a model and then you know, saying, you know, I really enjoy this. I want to dedicate more time uh, to get better at this craft. You know, like, is there anything specifically turning you off about it? About just like the act of painting itself? Yeah. That's a really good question. I think it's that I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. (laughs) And I remember being younger in the hobby and just being so frustrated that I could not figure out how to make my stuff look like the pictures. And then as an adult realizing, well, it's because you have to, like you said, do homework, train yourself a little bit. And I think it's because to get things to a level where I feel proud of it or happy with it, it's so exhausting. Like, so like those thousand suns that I actually like how they look, like I painted every nook and cranny and then I went back and filled in the details where I screwed up and got out of the lines. And then I coded it eight times and I did like the lines, but we're talking like 12 hours each. And it just feels very daunting to have, okay, I did one, now I've got 10 more to go. It's like, but I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. So I think for me, it's the perfectionism, knowing it's never going to look exactly like what I want to look like. 
And then the fact that it is so time consuming and I, I don't have that much time to devote to the kind of the hobby. There's other things I'd also like to do with my time, like, mm -hmm. like play stupid video games. That too. Uh, yeah, perfect. That's all. Well, what about you? Tell me. So, so you, you are, I know, first of all, somebody who's constantly trying to improve uh, their paint work, always looking at new techniques and tools for you, does, does that time just go by or, or how is that experience different from you than from what I just described? Um, it's a funny thing. Uh, when I first, very first got into the hobby, I fucking hated painting. Um, you know, I had a shit ton because <laughs> I just kind of bought up a, a whole bunch of models and then uh, was left with a massive pile that I had to paint, uh, you know, looking at 30 noise Marines and, you know, god um so yeah so i was like all right i have to to paint all of these guys and uh in order to be like playable you know on the table it needs to have at least three colors yeah so black pink you know make the guns metal good bang it out <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah this is this is terrible you know i don't i hate this i, I want no part of it um but i think a part of that was because of the way it was branded to me as a new player. Um, I don't think Games Workshop puts much of an effort on the artistic side of the game. Uh, so they, um, you know, like, it's very, you know, this is how you do it. Uh, these are the colors you use to do it. Uh, this is the technique. Uh, you know, they try to make it as easy as possible. Um, and I'm just not a fan of that. Like the, the style itself, uh, I didn't, I couldn't really get behind uh, until I did a little more research. And now I fucking love painting because I do it according to my own style. And I have a couple of bullet points <laughs> that I would like to uh, bounce off of you. I want to hear him. Can I pull on one thread from something you said, though? Because mm -hmm. you said, like, there's not a lot of art focus. And I, th I think it's interesting, like I mentioned, every model has like a list underneath of use these colors and use this technique. Mm -hmm. But as your point, there's no emphasis on creativity. It's just, how do I make this look like the thing in the picture? Yeah. And I think, I think that is a part of the accessibility. You know, um, new players, you know, you don't have to think too much about. Um, uh, but it... But it's almost become a part of the culture, you know. Like when we played at the store, uh, you know, with a bunch of guys, and you know, just everyone just had their their whole armies according to the heavy metal style. And you know, if it if it wasn't you know uh, uh, the approved color scheme, you know, you know, you got side eyed or you know, it just seems I don't know, not like indoctrination, but you know, just you're conforming. Yeah, no, but I think it's a good point. Like to just reflect on what I had said earlier with the thousand suns, I was trying to paint them to look like what I had always imagined they looked like based on the art I saw or the heavy metal. Like, I don't know what they call it. Is it still heavy metal no, with no age? So I was like, you know, it's, it's gotta be blue with gold trim and all the little, you know, edifices and raised edges are gold. And that's what it looks like. Yes. But with, with some of the other stuff. Yeah, there you go. He's it's terrible, but he's red and silver. Yeah, well, you got to put your hand. Remember what Gabrielle said? If you want to, you got to oh, put yeah. your hand behind it so you can. Right, right. 
But um, and the red and silver was like their original color. Uh, I think yeah. the blue and gold is actually just Argerman's war band, the Prodigal Sons, maybe. But yeah. But it, but anyway, so I was trying to make it look like that's the thing I've seen for like twenty years. With the Legion of the Damned, I was like, how do I make fire look cool? And I just had fun. And that's why, like, you're right. Like, I mean, you know, it was black and everything was like kind of bone color, but I just like kind of was creative. I was like, okay, I can make this any color I want. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm trying to think if I have another army that, that I, oh, it's Tyranids. Now, granted, I use contrast for those, mm -hmm. but I loved painting them. And part of the reason I loved painting them is I picked a color scheme that was accessible, but that I really enjoyed painting. Because I could be completely, you know, creative about it. Kind of like in that same, I remember that same store we're talking about. There was a guy who painted his bright yellow and like that weird bright blue of like Wolverine's little pantaloons. And they looked like Wolverine from, from the <laughs> 90s. And that was his intent. He was like, yeah, they're the Wolverine Tyranids. <laughs> which, which I felt like I had like this freedom. I didn't feel the pressure. Like I have to make this Ultramarine look like an Ultramarine. It's like, it's a bug. I could paint it whatever the fuck I want to paint it. Right. And I know, anyway, so let's, I'd love to hear your tips. I'd love, let's, let's do, okay, here, I'm, I'm going into pupil mode. Again, sagacious Tom with his, with his flowing locks. Tell me about your painting tips. <laughs> uh, not painting tips, just the, the, the sort of gripes I have, I guess. Uh, and I'll admit, you know, that I, I'm probably speaking to, you know, from a very small minority. <laughs> Uh, of people in the community, but this is just my point of view and uh, take it or leave it. Um, I think the biggest thing, uh, and Citadel, not, you know, Games Workshop, not only, uh, they're not, not the only ones that do this, like every uh, acrylic, you know, miniature acrylic paint company, uh, they have their own names for colors. You know, um, you know Citadel's Mephisto in Red and Abad in Black and all these. But you know, Vallejo does it too. You know, Warlord Purple, and, uh, because you can't trademark a color. You know, and you know, if you put, you know, Pantone P forty nine sixteen C on the bottle, you know exactly what color you're getting, but you can get that color anywhere. Got it. You know, you have so if Citadel, you know, if Games Workshop tells you. Right on the back of the box that you're getting bad moon the, yellow and, and yeah. green skin flesh green or something right up to the register with you know this brand new box of dudes you want to paint and right on there on the box it tells you that the cloak is first you base it in the fist in red uh you know then uh evil sun scarlet and finally edge highlight with wild rider red you know so now for that one part of the cloak you need three paints uh, that are what five dollars each if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and if you wanted a cheaper option, you would have to, it, it makes it really difficult to say, okay, well, what is the equivalent of this color? You know, like, because it's, it's obviously a color that exists. They didn't invent these colors. They just named them funny. So now you have to go out and see what a cheaper alternative uh, would best match that color. Um, and it, it's just way too complicated. It's easier for you to grab the pots off the shelf and buy them along with the, the box you, know, you bring into the register. Um, but you know, every company does that. Um, it's not uh, specifically GW's fault. So is it, so is it like, like the gripe is like just that culture of trying to take something as unownable as color and making it proprietary? 
Yes. Because you, you very, well, because if you really want to dive down a rabbit hole, you know, you can study the color theory and mix your own colors um, for super cheap. Um, but, you know, that, that requires a lot of, you know, time and, and effort. Uh, you're, so you're basically paying for convenience. Yeah. Um, I think, well, time and money are two resources. So if you, if you want to save time, you have to spend money. And if you want to save money, you have to spend time. Um, so it's just, it's different for everyone. So that's just how I feel about it, I guess. Um, and the fucking paint pots. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have spilled non-oil so many times. Like it, it, yeah. I was gutted to use like a British expression. Like I spilled it. I just, <laughs> I felt like a kid again who had just spilled something they spent all their allowance on. And I was mm-hmm. so devastated. Yeah. My pajamas are uh, splotched with caribou crimson and <laughs> I've got all kinds of agrax stains. Yeah, no. And not even, and even with the regular paints, the the fucking lip on the back, and then paint drips down, and it gets in the seal, and then you, they dry out, and it's just it, it's just awful. And the paint, the droppers are so much easier. Why do you think they don't just use droppers? Because um, it forces <laughs> you heard, to use more, or from what I heard, uh, they don't want to get new machinery. So that's the only reason is it's just <laughs> yeah. they, they use pots and getting droppers would be different machinery. I, I don't know if that's the case, uh, but the paint pots are 12 milliliter pots and industry standard for the dropper bottles is 17 milliliter. Mm. Uh, so not only are you getting more paint with Vallejo and Army Painter and Scale 75, but they're also cheaper. So... I, I think if they put it in a dropper bottle, they'd be forced to confront the fact that you're getting less for more money. Um, or they'd have to completely redo like their distribution and pricing system. Right. So I think and, that's and, just too, too much effort. Okay. Um, yeah, and like you said, with the spilling your your shade, you know, uh, your wash bottle. What was you know that's a common thing. What was GW's answer? Oh, get the little base that you plug it into. They sell you a fucking rubber base. <laughs> which which I have actually. That's Gabriel got that for me. <laughs> yeah, give us more money to fix a problem that we created. <laughs> I mean, I have that thing. Like I, I put it in. I do not let the oil, the shades come out because I know yep. it'll happen. Yeah. And if you're prone to spilling your shades uh, more than the cost of the the holder, then it pays for itself. But mm-hmm. That's my also makes a good stocking stuffer if you have somebody you to buy it for, mm-hmm. which was my case. But but you're right, it is. It's like yeah, we created a problem. Here's the solution. <laughs> um, yeah, and the heavy metal uh, style box art. Um, I think I've talked about this before briefly, um, but the box art is amazing, right? It the the heavy metal style um, with the extreme edge highlighting. Uh, it really shows off all the details uh, of the model, uh, and you know GW's sculpts are super detailed. They're incredible. Uh, it really showcases that well. On the tabletop, it's really cartoony, and it just doesn't, in my opinion, does not look good. Um, I don't think 
it conforms to the grim dark aesthetic they're trying to to push forward you know uh, like even with the codex art you know this super grim you know uh, pictures of you know battle scenes you know uh, john blanche back in the day you know uh, amazing artist and illustrator uh, and then on the tabletop you've got these three-dimensional cartoons that are bright and shiny and, uh, bright colored and clean and fun well do you do you remember the heavy metal stuff from the 90s where everything was a super bright primary color <laughs> yeah was it goblin green on the around the like, rim? Yeah, goblin green on the rims, and everything was either red or blue or yellow, and I loved it. Like that's the thing too, is it was so <laughs> fun, wasn't it? But you're right, like it, it is cartoony. Do you think they make it extra colorful to just try to sell more paint? As definitely, but uh, needing three different colors to do one section you know, three different paints to do one set well four i guess if you're going to wash it um yeah well like i said you know it's great for marketing don't get me wrong uh but i think once once it's yours it, it, it sort of loses something you know uh on the tabletop it, it's funny though like so you know the the spawn guy mcfarlane toys <laughs> they made some 40k toys and like I was at Target the other day and I saw, you know, they have a Blood Angels, I think a Hellblaster. That's the guy with the big plasma gun, the intercessor guy, or Primaris. And first of all, I thought it was super cool to see Warhammer like in a mainstream situation. But the model, it, the toy looked like crap. Like it, like they there was no detail compared to like with what's on these little tiny models. And I was just looking at it like no player would put that on the on the battlefield. You know, it's like the gun is one color, like it's just <laughs> black and red. So uh, I guess on the one hand, it's cartoony, but you're right. Like it creates these almost like unrealistic expectations too of what you have to do to be perceived as an actual like legit player. Like I remember coming in with some of my stuff kind of shoddily painted and people would judge me and treat me crappy. But and it just seemed like there was a, a disconnect to how clean and bright the models were. Uh, compared to the atmosphere of, you know, the grim dark setting, you know, they try to push how how dark and and bleak and hopeless this is, and and the models are vibrant, and you know, it seemed like there wasn't much of a. That's that's kind of like an interesting lore point too. You know, there's always the the meme about like the normal marines or the reasonable marines where they're wearing <laughs> camouflage. It's like it, what what crack smoking dream would you be like you know what we've got all these legions let's paint them bright ass colors that make them easy targets like i'm bright blue there's no environment except maybe the ocean yeah. or some kind of strange you know alien xenos world where all the flora is blue where you're going to be even remotely not an easy target right. or like bright yellow why <laughs> you know what i mean like why there's no reason you know how have you not know about camouflage in the 42nd millennium because fuck you, that's why. Fair. Um, anyway, no, but the, I think there are plenty of, yeah, so I guess that brings me to the biggest thing. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before that for a new player, uh, there doesn't seem to be uh, artistic freedom. You know, it, it doesn't seem to be an option for you. Or it, 
it's not an option that's presented to you uh, unless you go searching for it, you know, because uh, all the models on display at the store and, you know, all the people, you know, the majority of the players, you know, are going to have uh, heavy metal style going on. So you just kind of feel like that's what you need to do, uh, even if you don't necessarily like it. And then you end up not wanting to paint your models because you don't like the style. But, you know, it, it's an art, you know, just like, uh, just like you know any other uh, art, you know there's there's different uh, takes on how you can. Uh, this is just incoherent rambling at this point. It's it's restrictive. Like it's well. <laughs> so here's another great example of that. I forgot where I was reading this, but there was a maybe it was Grimdank. Somebody pointing out like in the '90s when they would highlight these armies, like orc armies would have like random models, you know, as looted tanks, or somebody was talking about they made like a land speeder out of a deodorant bottle. That's like pretty famous. <laughs> you know, like people would self-construct some of these models and they would feature them because they were super cool. Right. Right. And and now they actually put limits on the, everything has to be either 100% games workshop or there's a limit how much green stuff you can have. Right, it's all right. It's all pushing conformity in the name of, restricting comp competition but you're right it does take away some of that creative element like I, I don't know how many people out there like would actually actively convert stuff but i definitely would and i'm not trying to say that it uh it sucks you know, you know like uh to do the heavy metal style well it takes a lot of talent you know just like painting anything you know uh, you don't have to like a particular style to know when it's done well. Uh, you know, Golden Demon winners, you know, the you know, incredible painters, you know, artists. Um, but it, it, for me, it's just it, not my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, and it, it took, I think, too long for me to figure that out as a new player. Um, so it seems like the advice from this for, for new players or or veteran players alike is don't feel like you have to do the thing which you see on the box or you see on the website to be taken seriously like allow yourself to be creative and, and tap into what you think is cool at the end of the day you own the model you paint it however you want yeah um it's funny you you mentioned uh the contrast paints before because um, the the heavy metal sort of the formula, I guess you know you prime, uh, do your base colors, you wash, you layer, then do your edge highlights, right? The contrast was meant to do the base coat and the wash in one, so you're still priming, contrast, layering, and edge highlighting, and the the wash step was arguably the the easiest, the fastest, yeah. less time consuming of them. Uh, so it's almost like not really. I don't know. But, but for somebody like me who doesn't do a ton of edge highlighting, except in, in a very few cases, because mm -hmm. I think like the, the bare minimum is like base layer and wash, mm -hmm. then, then it's pretty good. If you're actually trying to make it look good, <laughs> then no, it's not. But like yeah. you saw my tier, it's they're fine. Yeah, they look great. Yeah, two, two different uh, contrast colors. They look great. That's all I did. Two different contrast colors. Well, and, and I primed it. So primed it, two different contrast colors. Boom. One done. thick, 
coat. Very sick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the contrasts are, are basically a glaze. You know, it's a, a concept that's been around for a while. And they're they're extremely versatile. You could use them in, in different ways than just you know slapping slapping it over a gracier base coat. Yeah. Um, if that's the rabbit hole you want to dive down. I think we should do a future episode where we do an actual paint tutorial. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. You know, we'll do we'll do like a Tom one and then a Ben one. The Tom one will look good. The Ben one will not. It it still takes me hours. To it takes me hours, one. absolutely. Because like you said, you know, there's a lot of fiddly bits on, you know, chaos marines. They have a lot of trim. And if I fuck something up, I gotta go back over it a few times. My hand is not as steady as I'd like, but but at the end of the day, yeah, you know, I take pride in how it comes out. So I guess. And on that note, taking pride, I think we can we can bring this one to an end. We learned a lot today. And um, check out uh, Marco Frisoni uh, on YouTube and uh, Grimdark Compendium. Uh, I think. Uh, highlight uh, my style pretty well is the I feel like the grimdark well, the grimdark style uh, <laughs> uh, they try to uh, have the models appear the way they should given this reality you know they're very weathered um, and just beaten up and rusted and you know battle damaged Oh, that's like that's a really good point. Is you never see that on the heavy metal stuff. Like if you had an actual okay. chaos marine that's been fighting in the same armor for at least, I mean, they've been <laughs> fighting for thousands of years, but the armor is pieced together from other things. It would look like garbage. Yeah, and you know, space you know space marines I could see because they have serfs you know polishing their shit in between each battle. But but yeah, most most of your models are going to be just covered and caked in dirt and and rust and. and uh, and pitted and and yeah. like there'll be damage and scrapes and paint chipping or like in in the various black library novels and stories they're always covered in blood i never see that <laughs> right like just blood spray everywhere you know <laughs> so when you have when you feel the grimdark uh painted army against uh, someone who does heavy metal i kind of i tend to think that um, they're the noobs <laughs> just fresh off the assembly line with their brand new armor you know and uh, my guys are vets, you know, combat hardened. <laughs> and filthy. It's that immersion, you know, you gotta. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. So we'll link those out in the, uh, the notes here. Otherwise, Tom, what do we always say? Good fight. Good fight. Yeah. Yeah. Mash that like and subscribe button. That's it. Suck it. Go to space camp. Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Yeah, that's that's usually pretty much what we say, right? That's where we cut it. That's where we cut it. So we're going to cut it here. We'll the see music you all. Would have been playing at this point. Yeah, the music. Well, it's going to be playing. It would have. Yeah, it would have started already. It probably started. To, yeah. Well, now I'm going to have to like add some extra music. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I love that. By guys, Zapsplat does our music. Check them out. They do great work. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Bye.